And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast where we find people who have social proof. Social proof means um, I built something and everybody can see it. It's not a secret. I ain't got to hide the numbers. Like I really, really have the proof that um, that other people are experiencing success from the products or services that I offer, my coaching, whatever. Um, and we have another very, very amazing guest. Look, we... We were talking before this, and we like, yo, hurry up and turn the camera yeah. on, because he was going so crazy before we actually started, so 19 Keys. Man, good, it's bro? a blessing to be here. You oh, know what I'm talking about? man, bro, like, first off, we in your elaborate, uh, illustrious man. condominium area. Appreciate that. I was, I was so impressed. Just had the best hot chocolate I've ever had in my life. Yes, right. Um, but I guess introduce to the people, you know, who you are. Um... I'm 19 Keys. You know, my brother just told me, don't, don't tell him everything you do. Tell him the, the, the main thing. <laughs> um, I'm a, I would say, a social impact influencer. And I just made that up, but it sounded amazing. Just now? Yeah, it sounds great. So yeah. was, but it sounds, basically, that is what I do. I create social impact and I influence change. And um, I'm a world changer because, for me, even though I do a myriad of different things as an entrepreneur, organizer, put together events, many different things. The core of my mission and my brand is changing people's mindsets. Gotcha, gotcha. And updating people's mindset to current time reality so that they can become successful. So my goal starting off was to create an international brand that people can recognize as a separate entity from myself that, that they can look at and say that that's brought value to me and helped change my life in some capacity. Now what exactly is an influencer? I feel like you got a different perspective on what an influencer is because people throw the word around. Yeah, real loose these days. Yeah, everybody's. I mean, everybody influences somebody, but I guess you would have to throw to the hierarchy of influencer, and it's basically building your own culture, building your own corp. Yeah, you know I mean, if you want to really go down to the essence of it, you know, influencers create their own cult, and if you get to that part where you create a way for people to speak, a way for people to think, a way for people to dress, you know, a way for people to filter their reality through your mindset. Mm -hmm. That's when you're really an influencer. Gotcha. So, so explain to the people what an influencer means in this social age, right? Mm -hmm. So, everybody has their own different definition, yeah. but some people are just based on followers. And I was thinking about, I was looking at somebody the other day mm -hmm. and they have like uh, almost a million followers, mm -hmm. but I'm looking at the engagement Yeah, and there's no engagement. No. So you're not influencing people to engage with no. you or there are people who have a million, a million followers and they say, yo, I'm going to be in LA tonight, 7 PM. Yeah. Come to this workshop. Yeah. And it's 14 people that pull up to that joint. It's a difference between people watching you and people following you. Right. You know, they don't have a button that changes to say, oh, let me watch this person. All of them just say it's follow. So you're thinking these people are following them, but they really not. Mm -hmm. So it's like if there's an Instagram model that has beautiful angles, you know what I mean? All the men are watching her. They're not following her. They don't know her mind. They don't know what she does. She's not influencing their thinking. She's influencing their sex drive. That's just about it. But there's if she puts out a product, you know, and it's mostly men that follow her, nobody's going to buy it because we didn't come to you for that in the first place. But people that get followed, like, I need to follow your journey, your life, your ideas, your process, your results. I need to know what you got going on. When you when you introduce value to my life, that's an influencer, somebody who produces value for the people to follow and engage with. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think you should even almost have your own philosophy. You have to be inspiring to where it's aspirational. Like, I want to obtain that. I want to become that. If a person doesn't want to become you, in some essence, not that they don't like themselves, but it's like, if you made a million dollars selling shirts, I want to become that, that type of entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. That's inspiring. You know what I mean? But a lot of people, they just watched on social media. You know what I mean? And they also don't have their own lane. Mm -hmm. So it's like comedians, a million comedians. But then you can look, you can think in your mind, a couple, like, you can think of top two comedians right now that stick out. They get in big deals. You know what I mean? People follow them like crazy. The comments go crazy. Why? Because, for one, that authenticity allows people to follow just them. Right? Nobody can compete with you at being yourself. So when you create a brand based off you, then people have to follow you for that. So 
Case in point, I come on your podcast. Now, how do I get your audience? Right? I can't get your audience giving them the same bars that you give them because they just come to you for that. They be like, oh, I love his platform. He always have great, engaging people. Now, if I'm talking over here about neuroscience, metaphysics, you know what I mean, uh, occult sciences, knowledge, consciousness, they're going to be like, oh, he don't usually talk about this. I like that expert he had on there. Let me go on that lane to see what they got from them. Mm-hmm. If you don't create your own lane, nobody has to come in your lane for you. You know what I right, mean? Right. They can stand there. They can just watch it from somebody else. So I, I want to know why you think people follow you. And here's, here's how I knew you as an influencer. Um, and, I, you know, I follow you. I, I follow you, obviously. So, you know, the stuff that you're doing, I love it. But here's how I knew. <clears throat> we did the event in Atlanta. Mm. And a kid, he had to be like 18, 19 years old. He said, yo, I drove from like Mississippi or something to Atlanta to meet 19 Keys. Now, this is my event. Yeah. <laughs> you supposed to come see me, okay? But I put out the flyer yeah. of 19 Keys. My yeah. man said, yo, I'm coming. I just got to meet 19 Keys. Yeah. The way he was acting the whole night, I, I would talk to him. I'd be like, yo, you, you, you have a conversation with yeah. him? He said, nah, man, I'm just waiting. I just want to be, you know, I want to wait until That's it dies beautiful. down. My man trying to be strategic on yeah. the way he approaches you. Yeah. I said, whoa, Keys is a true influence. You know, I, I, I got to, you know, give all praises due to Allah, God, because, you know, I think what people like about you is the God in you, you know, like what you really streaming, you know what I mean? And so it's like those things that are human fabricated that you can just fake off, that ain't really what gets people engaged in you. When people see that, that real spark, like, oh, that's your passion. That's not even what you're doing for money. That's just what you're doing because of you. Like, I think people are attracted to the God in you. So for me, that's why I'm always talking about to these young men, these young women about tapping into the God in them and allowing them to feel that divine presence that exists within them. Mm-hmm. So if somebody does that for you, then you want to meet that person that did that for you mm-hmm. because nobody else created that feeling for you. Human beings are driven by what they feel. So I can make a person think all day. I can give them high science all day and I can go much deeper than I usually do. Unless you catch my lives, you don't really know sometimes the details of what I go into because I'm not just posting all of that. Mm. But when people feel that engagement, then that's when they will follow you. How do you get them to feel that? I would say tell them, I was just going to say tell them the truth. <laughs> no, people lie a lot. Yeah. And they can't help point. it. You got to tell them the truth. <laughs> people lie a lot. They can't help it. They can't help it. Like, <laughs> I just tell them the truth. Like, you asked me my opinion on something. Since you asked the question, you about to get the truth now. Yeah. The truth needs no rehearsal. You know what I mean? It's like if somebody asks you, like, yo, how come you get so many women? They be like, I just tell them the truth. You know how many cats cannot tell women the truth? Mm-hmm. And you know how great exponentially they rate and results will go up? Look, I'm, you know, results may vary. But, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to give you the game to go out here and play all the ladies. But I'm just saying, if I'm going to tell my son any game, like, yo, be yourself. It sounds cliche because it is the greatest piece of advice. Because right. if you blunt, you know what I mean, and you speak yourself, Guess what? Everybody else not doing that. So she finally got somebody that excited her. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if you meet, if I meet you, and you're like, yo, how you doing? And I'm like, yo, how you feel, though? No, I'm going to ask you, what do you feel? Because everybody asks you, how you doing? And a lot of times we rebuttal that with, oh, how you doing? Why? Because it's just a program thing that we do. It don't really make sense. It's not a real question. How are you doing? It's not grammatically correct. So if you switch it up on somebody, it makes them think for a second. It changes their pattern to where they stop like, what you mean? What do I feel? So now I got to really stop and engage with my present moment and what do I actually feel in my emotions? Mm-hmm. She's going to be like, wow, that was deep. That was different. Now she has to think on that. Things that happen normally in her day, you don't have to think about that. They're just a part of your habits. Mm-hmm. So when you break a person out their comfort zone, you force them to think and that becomes an impression in their mind forever. Now everybody else asking how you doing? Ah, oh, you want to know how you doing, niggas. Where's the where's the what where's the what do you feel, man? At? Right. You know what I'm saying? I want something different. But uh, even in business, like if you meet people and you network with them, when you're different, people remember you. You right. know what I mean? Fact. Yo, before you were this person, I need to I need to take people back. Yeah. To the uh, before you well, were you always 19 Keys? When did you adopt the name no, 19 Keys? Uh, 19 Keys. I, I would say it came along probably about four years ago now. You know, and it was a super conscious you know? decision. I'm young. Um and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all about, right, all look, right. Okay. it's only two we'll, ages. We'll, we'll you either young or you old, and it depends <laughs> on how you feel. All right, no, but nineteen keys, <laughs> nineteen keys, man. Um, so nineteen keys um comes from a quote that I was first impressioned by. 
by a man named Masfar Muhammad. He taught the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Honorable Elijah Muhammad, produced a nation of Islam, where you get such figures like Malcolm X, um, Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, Muhammad Ali, so on and so forth. So at that particular point in time in the 30s, the quote said that there's 17 million original people, many black people, and he said there's 2 million Indians. And he said this make up the 19 million rusty locks. And he said there's 19 million well-oiled keys to unlock those minds. Keys being an interchangeable word for knowledge and energy and chi that you can put in the mind so that the people basically never be oppressed in the darkness again. The number 19 is the smallest number that represents all numbers because you got the single digit one, the highest digit number nine. When these two come together, it's always like revealing a secret that something is being produced. It's like the sperm and the egg. One represents masculine, one represents feminine. When that sperm meets that egg, something is getting birthed. You know what I mean? So my goal, as I put crowns on people, is to help them birth new minds. You know what I mean? I always say, is either procreate or procrastinate. You know what I mean? And procrastination is the abortion clinic of genius. So I get people to tap into that part of themselves that allow them to push past that feeling and still produce progress. Gotcha. So take me back before 19 Keys. Like, who was this Man. kid, whether high school, like, Man. just take, Ooh, take, take, to, take me to that guy. trying to get there. <laughs> All right, so, boom. I, I was born in St. Louis. I was raised in Oakland. And uh, me, my father and my mother split. And then from when they split, I used to go to a different school every year since the fifth grade. Mm. And I think that kind of built up my people skills, you know what I mean? But also probably caused... Uh, short-term relationships because I can never build long-lasting ones God. because I'm always moving. Does that affect you right now? Uh, nah, because I'm more cognitive of it now. Like, right, right, right now. And this was just recent getting over that, going through that self-awareness period. Like, ah, uh, maybe this is the reason that I'm kind of short-sighted with some of these relationships. But do you think, because just from the outside looking in, I can maybe see why you travel so much. Or ever yeah. since I met you, it wasn't mm -hmm. like... Yo, this where I live, this where right, I, like, right. I'm, I'm here, right. you feel me? So I think you was talking about something like, yo, man, I might uh, just go to Atlanta for like a month or so. And then I'm like, yo, who, who yeah, does that? Yeah. It makes sense now, though, because it could have an yeah. effect of no, like 50 As far as like moving, yeah. absolutely. Because mm -hmm. I always tell people, wherever I'm at is my home. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just get comfortable wherever I'm at. And like, some people might look at that as strange, but that's normal to you because you've been doing it since 15. Yeah, that's just been my lifestyle. But that also made me such a great people's person. Because sure. I'm dealing with so many different people uh -huh. all the time. You know what I mean? And then coming from a big family, that even made me a better people's person because I'm an older brother and younger brother. And I got um, eight other siblings. Um, you know, we grew up in an interesting environment. I won't get into the whole thing, but... You know, growing up in Oakland, California, uh, growing up in like a black Muslim structure that was kind of like this paramilitary mafia thing going on in Oakland. And then growing up in the streets at the same time, you know what I mean, um, 24th Street out in Oakland, you know, you had this duality. You had the duality of righteousness, consciousness, militancy. Then you had the streets and kind of like ignorance. So we got caught up in both. You know what I mean? To where, you know, I had several court cases. I beat them. I went to trial. I sold drugs. I got into trouble, gang violence. What was, the, what was most of the issues? Was it more like anger or was it just like trying to get money? Or It was money and environment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Environment stronger than nature. So I knew better, but environment corrupted me on decision making. Mm -hmm. So it was like I was influenced by peers and circumstances. Even though I was always that person that's like, you know, preaching. Like, yo, we got to do this, tap yeah. into this, blah, blah, blah. Say. But cats back then, it was like, you know, trying to drop seeds on cement. It wasn't going in. Yeah. And today, fast forward, like looking at myself and just thinking about this long journey of, you know, it was a, I was just always that person that was hustling when I was uh, like, um, early as I can remember, I remember hustling and like having little toys and selling them and mm -hmm. like uh, uh, shoveling snow, coming back $25, $50 a pop, you know what I mean? And... Just later on getting into like selling drugs and weed and I, I put out some content earlier. It's like selling weed taught me how to brand. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it taught me branding. It taught me brand consistency. Because if you come to me for once, I'm the weed man, right? Mm -hmm. So you think about smoking weed, you hit me up, I got your weed. Next sex time you hit about smoking weed, I got your weed. Third time you hit me up about weed, I'm out right now. Now they got to call somebody else. Right. Now, this guy has the opportunity to steal my customers. He might get them an extra sack this time to make sure that, you know, he has that customer acquisition. So I started thinking of it like if I ever out of weed, then I lose my customers. So I made sure I was the one that always had it. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I was taking anybody customers anytime they was out of it. And I'm going to give you the better and give you a little more at the same time. 
and I start naming my products Blueberry Kush Thunder or something like that. Mm. People love the names. The names <laughs> hit. Like it could be the same weed, but bro, you got some more of that blueberry thunder kush? <laughs> like, yeah, bro, it just rained last night. I got you, brother. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's the same thing as uh like content creation, right? Because yeah. if you ever stop creating, yeah. they, somebody they, else they will flip the channel. Oh, they gonna flip the channel. Yeah. And I think we think our following be so loyal mm -hmm. that they ain't gonna flip the channel. No, they flipping the channel. <laughs> oh, for you sure. know what I'm talking about? But that's where originality comes in. Mm -hmm. Because if they can only get it from you, they can flip the channel, but they still gotta come back. That's right. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why being original and being creative is 100% important because if here I'm talking about business, but there's another channel that's talking about business. So if they, they flip the channel, I'm like, okay, cool, I can get my fix over here now. Mm -hmm. But if they flip the channel, he's talking about business, but somebody, let me see those. But he ain't got the Doritos. Hey, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> then it ain't the same. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta make By sure you have the something original. Yeah. Oh my gosh, makes sense. I, I like that. Be, it gotta be original content, man. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. All right, so so you 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 trapping, you getting money out here, mm -hmm. running around, being reckless. Um where where did it change? Uh, when I was 19 years old, uh, I caught a case. My brother, my older brother, my co-defendant, it was an assault case. Um, it was the reason that I ended up dropping out of college. So when I was going to college, I was taking marketing and business. Um, and I always had the mindset that there's no reason I need to graduate to college to start marketing and business. Right, I always right. thought that that was like, it just didn't make sense to me. So I'll tell you a story on that in a second. But um, when we was going through this court case, I got locked up when I was like in Iowa. I was working some stupid marketing magazine in job. Iowa? Yeah. We was traveling around the country. Now I think about it, somebody had me in like a scheme because we traveling around the country selling subscriptions to people door to door. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm grateful for the experience because you know how hard it is to go to somebody's door and sell them a magazine subscription? For sure. But I was doing it and mm -hmm. I was clocking. And it just, it had my brain wiring in sales mode. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I get up to the door. I'm talking about country white folks. Don't know, ain't seen a black man in three years. Mm -hmm. Here I'm a young black man. They let me in there to give me a check or give me cash. And then they sign over and don't even have a product. They mm -hmm. paying me for a subscription. Right. And I was always taught that you got like six seconds to make an impression. So we had make sure that as soon as we started, we would kill it. And then even if somebody came through that door before you, doesn't mean that you can't get the sales still. So we would go double knocking on somebody's door and I'd kill it then. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was like, oh, you got a gift at this. Mm. Anyway, that was a sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they picked me up from Iowa. Now, this is one of the most embarrassing experiences of my life. So from Iowa jail, I'm in there for like 30 days, right? So I started Hold on, hold on. Hold on. How, so you were in jail in Iowa? Yeah. While you were selling the subscription? No, so what ended up happening is they caught the police on us. We was in like one of the white neighborhoods. They caught the police on us. Um, just because they seen black men in the neighborhood. The police pulled up. The police was pleasantly nice. So the police pulled up like, oh, we already know what it is. Y'all can, you know what I mean, continue to go. Y'all look like school children, college kids or whatever. So they left. But then they doubled back with the sirens, maybe like a minute later. And they pulled up on us. And it was like, yo, 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 yo. You got, basically, they started putting out a list of charges. I'm like, they like, you terrorists, you this. I'm like, oh. oh so they pulled up, they ran y'all information. Yeah, they ran information and left because they didn't back. think they was going to get nothing. Like, yeah. we from out of state, so you would have to you would have to have something major for it to pop up on the local radar unless mm -hmm. they pull out of state warrants or something of that nature. And that's exactly what happened. And there was like 10 charges on there. And me, I knew nothing about it. So I'm like. Hold on, know, the charges were against you or against everybody? Me. Just me. So it was charges mm -hmm. from California for a case that was happening out there. Now. I'm thinking, like, my brother used my identity. Something crazy. Like, I'm thinking it's a mistake. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that I'm going to get there. They're going to clear it up. They're going to let me out. Come to find out it was really on my name. Somebody, uh, an informant snitch said that I did something. And so I'm sitting in this jail, and I start reading this book. And it was, uh, I forget what book it was, but it was one of them storybooks. Mm -hmm. And I'm reading it, and it was so intriguing. Like, I, it was about a bank robbery or something, and all the characters were, like, I start matching celebrities to them, and it was just so vividly, and, and vivid, rather. And I was like, damn, this was dope. And I was done reading the book, and I probably had about two weeks left in the uh, the jail cell. And after I was done reading, I felt so So it was like it was a particular time that you had to serve. Yeah, no. Well, they was waiting to extradite me to California. Gotcha. So you had to stay in Iowa for a good little minute. Yeah. So and they had knew 30, on yeah. this day you'd go to Yeah, Cali so they Dodger. had 30 days to pick me up or let me loose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a law. So 
after I was done reading the book, I just felt unaccomplished. I felt like, yo, I read that book, but I'm still in jail. I'm still in a cell, and I'm no further mentally or physically from gaining my freedom. So when they extradited me, they threw me to Chicago. They took me to Chicago airport. Uh, they flew me uh, to Chicago airport. And I remember this one because that's when they had me sitting in a uh, wheelchair. So they rolled me through the wheelchair through the airport. You know, Chicago airport, busy. Mm -hmm. So it's just hundreds of people around. And I'm sitting in there. They got my feet chained and my hands chained with cuffs on them. And I feel like Hannibal Lecter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I remember getting on the airport. And, you know, I, I got a great sense of humor in life. And I remember they was rolling me to the back. They took you all the way to the back. And it was just, like, everybody's staring, of course. You know what I mean? Because they don't know. This is like Con Air or something going on. Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so they take me to the was back. Was it like regular commercial or they had like actual? It was regular commercial. Really? So people just on their flight and here I come in. You know, America's Most Wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? They got Killmonger in here, you feel right. me? <laughs> so there was this little white kid though, he was like young and he perked up and he kinda looked to the back. And I'm just looking at my peripherals because I ain't really paying nobody no attention. I'm just super serious. And then I see him in my peripherals and he's looking, he's just staring, and I just and I looked over and he jumped. <laughs> And that got me through the whole play ride. <laughs> I was dying laughing. <laughs> I was dying laughing. So we get to Oakland. I'm in there for about <laughs> two weeks before. It's funny you find that funny. Right? <laughs> yeah, that was that was like I just remember that so vivid. That was it made the whole situation amusing. Uh, I remember getting to um, Alameda Jail, and then my pops bailed me up. And we start the trial, preliminary trial. They dropped most of the charges. They just hyped them up to actually give me an extradite. Mm -hmm. uh, so what ended up really sticking was just like a, a, a felony assault charge. And we go through the trial, and my older brother, he's in there for the same thing. But he has another pending case, so he's locked up. So while he's fighting this trial behind bars. Mm -hmm. But he's telling me about books that he's reading that I need to read. So he gave me some books, some about law, some about different philosophies, legalese that, that built the court system, a bunch of different things. So I take the book selections and I start reading them. And when I start reading them, my mind, my, my pattern of thinking started to change the way I seen things in the courtroom. And so even my lawyer, I'm telling him to do certain things, get certain motions filed that he wouldn't normally do, but it'll be helping us out in the case. And we get to that point in the trial where, you know, it's verdict time. You know, like we went through a whole process of picking the verdict. I mean, picking the jury, the psychology of picking jury, the whole exercise of it. It was probably the most stressful time of my life because I didn't know what my future would be. I couldn't plan no moves. I couldn't plan nothing because I didn't know if I was going to be in jail for the next seven years. Mm. So we go through the entire trial and they come to the verdict and they say, quiet, heart beating, Jabril Muhammad, not guilty. Mm. Best moment of my life. And my pops and my brother end up having mistrials, meaning that they couldn't deadlock on a decision. Right. But I was the one who got, you know, full dismissal because, gotcha. you know, I was presenting. Every time I come, I present myself like a college student. Mm -hmm. I'm coming with my books. I want them to know that I have a future, mm -hmm. and I don't want them to disrupt that future. And it's funny because my lawyer told me at the time, he's like a fumbling, big, like, white guy. He's like, yo, this is my first case I want. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm glad you told me. Well, I'm glad it was mine, too. <laughs> right. Sheesh. But... The reason I, I, I tell the entire story is because after reading that knowledge that allowed me to help gain my freedom, I never read a storybook ever in my life again. Mm. And I probably won't just because everything I read has to be applicable in some sense to me continuing to gain my freedom and gotcha. more of that freedom. And so at 19 years old, that's when I really got on that path and giving other people those keys that I know don't have. Like my older brother was a key in my life at that time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so I know that cats that I grew up with in the streets they didn't have that dynamics in their household where somebody will give them a book or teach them who they are. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have nothing to fight and combat their environment. Mm -hmm. So my goal now is to be keys for those who don't have keys in their life. Gotcha. And everybody's a key. I'm just 19 keys. For sure. You know what I mean? Sure. So, so you had like this enlightenment. Like you started to understand mm -hmm. the way things work. First, understanding yourself, right? Yes, sir. And... So did you say, okay, this is my mission to go out and throw other people lifelines, mm -hmm. throw other people the information that I got. So what was what was the steps in doing that? Because I'm sure you run up against, yeah. yo, come on, Jabril, I know you, fam. Like, right, 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 right. Like, we, we used to do it together. Like, yeah. what are you talking yeah. about right now? I mean, you know, you still have people who want to challenge your identity and your growth. That's That comes with every level of it. 
Um, because people want to interact with your old self. Yeah, you know I mean, they don't want to interact with you who you are now. And so I don't allow people to interact with my old self because you re-trigger that and you bring that back up out of me. And I don't allow you to do that. It's either you just won't be around me, but... Do you ever interact with your old self? Because it's still you. Yeah, like it's a battle. Still, yeah, for sure. I got this song, and it says that the, you know, first thing I ever killed was the one in me. But sometimes, you know, that inner nigga be in the gym working out more than me. You know what I mean? So it'd be hard for me to beat him sometimes. You feel me? So because you get re-triggered back into your old self. Environments and people want to treat you like your old self, and it brings that personality back up. Yeah. And it lets you know it, it's never dead. You just conquering it. You just managing it. So, you know, I'm at this point now in life where I definitely manage you very well. But to your question about, um, what was your question again? Yeah, like, so you're you're trying to throw lifelines to people who yeah. are with you. So I more so had to learn what was valuable about what I knew and what I did and what were my skill sets and gifts. This podcast is sponsored by DonaldTheVoice.com. For all your audio and video needs, I'm here for you. Sound good. Look good. Be good. The official editor and producer of the Social Proof Podcast, Donald The Voice. And, and now, back to the show. So, I only teach what I know and what I do. You know what I mean? Like, if I if I sold a, I like, I worked for Prada for a few years. And I, the first year I worked for them, I sold three and a half million dollars for them. And to give you context, the person under me sold like a million and a half less. Mm. So, I was like skyrocketed in... Yeah, you know I mean that world, and they was commission and hourly based. So I did like six figures the first year, and they wasn't expecting that. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know I mean, so they end up actually changing their commission structure because of that. Yeah, you know I mean, because this is getting too much money. Like whoa! But I knew it because I had exploited it. Because I'm like, I started calculating on oh, tourism, this, that, and the third. I said, oh, this is gonna be a major opportunity because it was a new kind of store that they opened up. So you know, that's just always how my mind been, but. Going on the journey was more so first developing that within myself. Like, I don't talk about things first unless I sharpen the key. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I will have conversations with other people before I put them out there. And I'd be like, okay, I see how this is universal. So if I put this out, this one unlock this mind, this mind, this mind, this mind. So I remember I used to speak at rallies. I used to speak at marches that used to happen in Oakland when something happened, police brutality or something. I'd be the only black man out there speaking. I'd grab a mic, and the reception for the crowd would just be amazing. Mm. So for me, anytime I notice that I have a talent or a gift, I'm going to use it. You know what right. I mean? That same thing happened with entrepreneurship. We started hand-painting shirts. The local, me and my older brother, you know what I mean? People started ordering them, and local gangsters wanted them, things of that nature. We said, oh, that's a value. Neither one of us knew we could paint shirts until right, we right. did it. And oh, we was like, sure. somebody wants to buy it, it's valuable. Let's use this skill to make some money. Right. So I now use my skills and talents to change the world. But, of course, the people that know you, they was going to be the first one to doubt you. You understand me? But people, the reason is because people are not constantly updating who you are. So even with our brothers and sisters, we have freeze-frame images of who they are. You know what I mean? We stop growing with them. So we think that they stop growing that they just that image we know. We go still mm -hmm. treat them like younger brother or whatever. Like, no, they had a whole relationship, experiences, jobs, things they went through, their mindset grew. So you got to relearn people consistently. You can't treat people based on the image you have in their head. Right. You ain't seen this person in a year. You don't know what they went through. You don't know what books they read, how they smarten up. So I don't take people for granted based on what I know. Like, no, nah, that's that in their head. No, I'd be like, I got to learn who you are. What did you go through? So now I can update who you are and deal with you based on your current self. Otherwise, you offend people. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I know I want, I, want to, I want to get right back to that, but it was something that you were, you were saying in terms of like, yo, you grab the mic, you do protests. And yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I, want to, I want to understand because uh, I've never like led a march and honestly, I've never... Um, really been involved in one. Like people, are like yo, we going about, we about to go here, and we about to shut this place down. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, um, nah, I'm not going. Okay. Or I, I got something going on. You feel yeah, me? Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm transparent enough. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. 
with NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. To say, I'm trying to understand, um, like, the effectiveness of what happened. So okay. just for, for people that may be like me, uh, like, so walk me through the process of, you know, why you would protest, why okay. you would um, use your voice in that manner. So for me personally, the reason I use my voice, because there was no representation of young black men when I looked out there. Mm -hmm. I looked out there in Oakland. Today is heavily gentrified, and it was a crowd of white people against police brutality. Um, and I was kind of mad. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, there ain't no young black voices out here. Like, nobody speaks for us, the ones that actually grew up in it and that's affected by it. Right. And I'm like, people go out there and do shit. Like you say, it's not really effective. Y'all can get mad and go back home to your white privilege. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I still have to live uh, within society in this oppression. So I wanted to actually utilize my voice just so that there would be present voice that represented young black men and women in Oakland. So that would be the reason I would go up there so that I could speak for us, the heart of the city. So when I would do it, and I would speak, you know, very bold mm -hmm. as I wanted to. Right. Yeah, you know I mean, and they would chant, and 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 I had them chanting. My my first shirt was like "Black Dreams Matter." I used to always have them chant "Black Dreams Matter." Crowd of white people, I'd just be up there like Martin Luther King. Yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> they'd be "Black Dreams Matter." Felt great. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, but I just observed myself. My cousin to be there. None of it was ever taped for social media. You know what I mean, I wasn't really thinking of that. Or that's why there I was see nobody it. there. Because a, a lot of times when I see that kind of stuff, it's. It's a show. Yeah. Like, yo, we're going to go there. We're going to go there. We're going to make this noise. We're going to put it on the gram. And then tomorrow we, we leave. Nah, we I was home. just passionate about it at right. the time. You know what I mean? Because I grew up in, in a super militant, revolutionary, conscious way. So I always had something to say or some viewpoint that I thought was valuable to the current narrative. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's how I knew social media would be a great tool for me because these are the things that I did without social media. 
I didn't use social media to make myself. I used social media to magnify what I was already doing. Yeah. First time I ever got booked for speaking is because the children at this school, I had like 300 followers. But they see I'm talking about being a black man and doing business and positivity, entrepreneurship yeah. and stuff. And it was like, they talked to the director like, yo, can we get him at the school to come speak to us? So he booked me and it was like three months out. He wanted to pay me like $500. I mean, I ain't spoken over $500, $500, <laughs> right, right. you know what I'm saying? But I had the bright idea. I said, wait a minute. The way that I speak and the things that I speak about, once I put this in a public platform, it's going to go viral. Mm -hmm. I said, because I already knew the kind of conversations me and my brothers have, and I knew once the world listened to it, this is going to be something different if they ain't heard this type of perspective, or at least the way that I put it together. So I decided to pay my videographer half of that. I said, let me go ahead and give him half of this. And I asked him, can he be there for two hours and he can just film. And then at the film, just give me the raw footage. I know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we did exactly that. And then that's when I start chopping them up. In one minute, I said, ooh. Because at first, I ain't going to lie. When I do my greatest speeches, I don't like them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I go back and listen to them. When, when I go back and listen, I'm like, oh, he was dropping on this. <laughs> Wait a minute now. This is about to hit. Right. In the moment, it's yeah. like, ah, it was cool. Yeah. I mean, first off, we have a standard. We have a level yeah. that we, we're going to execute on regardless. Right. But there's like past, I feel like every presentation yeah. we do is going to be 10. Yeah. But now we're looking at, if it ain't 12, yeah. you feel me? I'm like, like, did they ah. really, was that? It was another really good one. And you know what, what I it? think about that is, is that sometimes when you get in the mode and you just stream in consciousness, you don't really hear yourself and you're not doing it so intentful that, you, oh, let me hit this point, let me hit this point. That yeah. worked last time. So it is kind of all new to you and it's yeah. just passion. And like, I did it based off passion and stuff and I don't know if that was the best way to go about it. But then when you go back and listen, like, oh, these are all new bars. Yeah. And then when you piece that together and the world listen, they listen to you just streaming, like, just true straight from the universe or whatever. I just pulled one out the day and I put it on my gram and enjoy it. I mean, like, there was so many people that started to follow and, like, uh, and sent me messages. That's how yeah. I gauge how good the video was. Yeah. Like, how many people engaged, shared it, like, not for the numbers, but right. was it effective. But this, this was, like, some throwaway bars. Yeah. So I was just going through it. Those would like, be the best I, ones. Those would be the best it, ones. I, I learned to just release. Because when you overthink, 100%. the stuff that you don't want to let go is the stuff you need to. Yeah. That's your best stuff. It's your most original, and that's why you're scared of it, because it's outside the comfort zone of what you think the metrics of uh, the algorithm is going to reward you for. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? So once you release it, you're like, oh, they love that. That yeah. just hit. Right. Because it was your most authentic self. You didn't do it for the likes. You did it because it was authenticity. Right, right, and so right, people right. react to that authenticity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know we went like kind of off the uh, off the path of the original question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that a lot, so you got to keep but, me. No, 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 I'm, I'm with you. But I guess so. Right now, if we go protest, where I think there's two. Okay. There's two um, philosophies. Do we prepare the path for the child, or do we pre prepare the child for the path? Meaning, we can go out and say, "Yo," and I, I think. Martin Luther King and the Malcolm X's and the, mm -hmm. the Rosa Parks, because they prepared the way. They said, yo, right. we're going to like make sure that you know there's equal rights, things of that nature. We're going to prepare the path. But I think the Black Panther Party and um, you know a more militant group, they were more preparing the child for yeah. the path. Like, yo, listen, this is how it is out there. Yeah. So like this, this is this is how you got to operate. So in in my way, I just I I really don't do the fighting against the machine, I go to the schools mm -hmm. and I talk to the kids because I'm trying to prepare the path. I'm trying to prepare the child right, for the path because it's they're going to deal with mad stuff. Anyway. Right. So so what, what what is your philosophy on that? It's something my father told me a long time ago when I just did an interview with my father and the people loved it. And I was talking to him about the greatest advice he ever gave me. But at the same, when I first got it, I thought it was the worst advice he ever gave me. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just lazy because I don't usually call him for stuff. So for me to ask him for advice took like a big chunk of me. Mm. So I, and it was just a time that I was frustrated dealing with coworkers at this new job. And I felt like I was doing everything right. And I didn't understand why it wasn't working out. And I called him and I asked him on his, some advice on just handling people or whatever. And he was like, just be a FOI. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say nothing else. You got no follow up. Like you, you got no quotables. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, "Yeah, brother, that's all you need to do." And then you know what I mean? We hung up. And he—that's my brother back there. So he laughed because he know that's how pop star. Right, right, right. he, He's short, but I thought about it. I said, "Okay, what does that really mean?" Now, FOI is fruit of Islam. It's a name given to the military branch of the Nation of Islam. But we used to go through Monday and Friday training classes. 
In the training classes, we used to learn business. We used to learn proper handling of the people. We used to learn uh, uh, physical activities. We we do a myriad of different things that shape you into a man, basically. And in that, you know, being an FOY is like really taking a civilized approach and a very righteous approach to everything and just being like a really good person. Do unto others as others would do unto you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I thought about that. I said, I'm already equipped to deal with this. Let me deal with them like a Muslim black man would, the FOI would. And so what I started to do is I started to get them game. Right, so the problem was is that I was too good. Okay, mm. I'm selling everything. Okay, <laughs> I, but I felt like yo, that's the reason I didn't come here to make friends. I came to make ends. Mm. So I was I was selling everything, and they felt like they didn't have the opportunity to compete with me. So I started giving them game on some of my sales tactics, mm. and it started to increase. Yeah, I mean they bottom line. Mm. So now they see me as a value instead of a threat. You understand me? And so I just started dealing with them in a manner to where I just wanted to add value to their life and be good to them. And in that process, it changed the way I deal with people. But to answer your question, I say that because if you instill something in your children, you can always point back to what you put into them. You know what I mean? But if you don't put that into them, then you're going to have to build a base. And when you're talking to them, they're like, you're telling me to be this way, but you never taught me how to be that way. So at an early age, when you instill a base, you can always point back to like, like be the way I taught you. Mm -hmm. So you have to give them a foundation so they can go back to that and they can build on that foundation, that character. Facts, facts. Well, I, I definitely want to, uh, I don't want to take up too much time because you got a whole bunch of gold water. So first off, we, we got to talk about it because it, so Keys will put out this gold water. Anybody that's following 19 Keys, he'll drop some gold water on his tongue. And then bang out 150 push-ups. You know what I'm saying? He's like, yo, I'm, I'm over here on the water, right? It's so electrical. It's so crazy. in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm like, is that, is it real? Is it the placebo? Is yeah, it, yeah. I, like, yeah. I, like, what's really happening? Because it's not like you're going into the education, but yeah. obviously people are buying it based on, right. and I think this is another key, based on the trust of your brand. Right. If Key's been solid since I've been following him, if he says this is it, mm -hmm. this is it, 100%. I ain't got no question. But for the rest of us, yeah, right? So so talk to me about the gold water because you, your marketing is amazing, brother. Okay, so influencers build up trust. Mm -hmm. And then brands attach themselves to that trust and they get to go wherever that trust is. They get to benefit off the trust that was built. I benefit off the trust that I build for my personal brand. Mm -hmm. And I stake my reputation on I'm not going to give you anything or I'm not going to lie to you. That's against my own best interest and yours. Mm -hmm. So first, I lay down that foundation to know that if I'm doing this for one, I know that there's people waiting for me to make a mistake. People can't wait to tear you down once you build something up. So the, the crowd, the followers, the people, the customers, they understand that kind of subconsciously. Like, he's not going to put out something that goes against himself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then crumble everything for a couple of dollars. And I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And so Goldwater... First, I was taking it about four years ago. I first started doing my research because I wanted to find something, um, two things. I wanted, I started searching stuff for my mother, arthritis, and I wanted to search something for my own brain because I used to suffer from uh, dyslexia and, like, brain fog. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I just feel like I couldn't have access to my thoughts. Like, I know the information is in there, but I couldn't clear myself up to properly communicate and things of that nature. So I wanted to access more percentage of my own brain power. Mm -hmm. So in that studying, what ended up happening is I found a pound ormus, which is um, gold powder. You know what I mean? Where they break it down in a powder form and the ancient Egyptians used to absorb it and drink it. You know what I mean? And they believed it was the elixir of immortality because gold is the only element that doesn't rust. Mm -hmm. So... In my studies, I learned about colloidal gold. I learned about monatomic gold. And for me, I said, let me test this out on myself first before I tell anybody, before I try to give it to the people or whatever. So I start testing it out on myself. And I was testing like a bunch of other neurotropics as well. This is just the most natural one that I believe would be good for. Like, I'm thinking like, yo, I can bring this to black people. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yo, I'm going to have black people on the gold. Mm. So I was like, this is genius. So I tried it, and I'm taking the gold, and I'm reading on what it's supposed to do for you. And I started really feeling those effects. Mm. But I'm like, I had the same question. Like, yo, is this placebo? Mm. You know what I mean? Because, you know, once you read something, they tell you what it's supposed to do. Your body can program that actual mechanism to actually happen. Get that result, yeah. Yeah, so... I was working out, and I'm working out tough. At the time, I had a membership at, like, rock climbing gym. 
So it take a lot of energy to do rock climbing. We in there boxing. I was just looking at a video of mine four years ago going crazy hard. And I was not getting tired. You know, you get to that point where it's like, all right, I can leave. I didn't hit that point. I just get bored. Because it was like, I want to get to that point where I feel like I did something. Right, right. But instead, I'm challenging myself. And I got the video. I got like 75-pound weight on my, my, my uh, legs. And I'm in there doing pull-ups. You know what I mean? I'm punching. I'm like having a full day. And I leave still energized and not tired. And I'm like, yo, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel smart. I felt like... Like, I was on a limitless pill. I'm like, yo. I just saw that movie the other day. That so, was man, I love That's like one of my favorite movies. So I'm thinking like, yo, this is going to be crazy. So I hit up my older brother and my cousin, and I'm telling them about it. But, you know, I'm younger brother explaining them to new products. So they like, whatever. You tripping. Hey, they my biggest skeptics. Well, biggest. Sure. So I said, let me just, I'm not going to explain it to you. I'm just going to let you try it. You tell me what you feel. So they tried it, and like in the first couple of minutes, they like, bruh, what's this? <laughs> and I was smiling because I was happy somebody else felt the same right. thing. So I wanted to take that approach in my marketing campaign as well. You know, when you oversell something, you're overselling it. For sure. Yeah, you know I mean, when you over-educate people, you're over, anytime you go over anything, you give them enough that intrigues, that allows them to go do their own research. Now, we have videos where we're explaining it. We did a video on my bro, Black Magic Channel. He has like 300,000 subscribers. The thing about it is a lot of stuff, especially with, you know, things like ingesting minerals, because that's what gold is. Gold is a mineral. We have 0.02% of gold within our body. We're born with it. It's a natural mineral. The Olympics was actually going to run a campaign about, you know, uh, uh, the gold in you and things mm -hmm. of that nature. And science validates it through its inflammatory properties and gold being a heavy metal, making it um, electrical, you know what I mean? So it's more electrical, so it electrifies your system, but it passes through your system. So colloidal gold is basically gold dispersed in deionized water. You know what I mean? It's deionized so the charge can go throughout the water. So we have um, a ruby color, and a ruby is representative of the actual atom, right? So if you freeze it, you will see the water turn clear, and then you will see like the gold particles, just the dust at the bottom, hmm. because it will no longer be charged. Right. Right? Because it's a warm element. So it has to continuously have that, you know, heat, electricity. Um, and then we have the one that's white, which is monatomic. is one atomic, which is smaller, so it's more clear. So I had to, like, go through a deep learning curve. And I'm learning about all of the histories, the way the ancient Egyptians used it, the way they did it in um, uh, ancient times and or in the 19th century in UK, and a bunch of different things. It was dope because I was able to travel to the UK and I did a video in front of this bar and I was, I was telling them how it curves alcoholism and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And so it's so much study and research and right now they're using it in tumor and cancer um, medicine. This is like right now the cutting edge of cancer research is utilizing gold nanoparticles. So anything that's not backed by Big Pharma that can act more so like as a cure, because anything that's anti-inflammatory, inflammation is what causes mucus that causes the disease. Mm -hmm. You know, and black people suffer from the itises. Any, the, the itis, uh, you know, we, we love the itis because we eat soul food. It gives the itis, we get tired. But itis derives from things that are inflammatory diseases. So gingivitis, arthritis, you know oh, what wow. I mean? All of those things, those are the itis. So we eat ourselves into a death. So the, the campaign right now is we are over-chemicalized society and we under-mineralize. Minerals are the building blocks to life. I also heard Dr. Sebi talk about it. He was It was a clip when he was talking about how gold is in the ground and it's absorbed through the plant. And once you eat that electrical plant, you're eating the gold. And it clicked on something. I said, oh, mm. we got something here. Because it was validated through many different sources. Yeah. People take colloidal silver already for ailments and things of that nature. Um, and so with the colloidal gold, you know, I'm, I do product design. So I said, look, we're going to call it gold water. I want it to like gold water. You know what I mean? So that anytime you see, if you see anybody else with a colloidal gold or a monatomic product, you're going to name it after gold water. Oh, this is like gold water. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. So I wanted that, that branding to be in my own lane, yeah. basically. And so being a, you know, branding... Uh, kind of sore, genius. Yeah, you know I mean, of sorts. We put it in the gold bottle because I wanted something also that was luxury. Remember, I used to work for a luxury company. Mm -hmm. I stole their information. I used it for myself. <laughs> right. You know, I'm talking about every job is an education, and I got a four year degree from Prada and luxury business design. You know, what I mean, whether they knew it or not. So taking the gold 
Yeah, see, this is the colloidal gold. Fuck yeah, that's the like core. Pinky, so, yeah, yeah, that's how you know it's that good stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> I <love laughs> got that good stuff, brother. <laughs> Y'all hurt yourself, that. You know what I mean? I love but it. I love it. I don't know, just the feeling of Sorry. like, yo, let me bring this element to black people because we have so many illnesses and ailments. And I always tell people, don't wait for the gold to work for you. You got to work for the gold. I always find that it works best when I'm working out and I'm eating clean because it's electricity. So after 25, your brain changes the way your hypocampus area is stimulated. That regulates mood, memory, and learning. So most people have a hard time learning new subjects because the way you learn now is different. You know what I mean? So before 25, you have like this treasure trunk. Everything is open. You know what I mean? You can learn something. Your neurons is firing. Your neuroplasticity is popping where every subject is starting to connect. After a while, you go through this pruning process, you know what I mean, uh, of your, your neurons or whatever, and you can't learn the same. Then they used, The scientists used to say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Then they found out that's not true. Neuroplasticity just has to be stimulated different after 25. Yeah. So working out, social environment, sex, red wine, a bunch of different things stimulate that hypocampus area. The gold water, people say when they have on gold water, some people had the first dream that they've ever had in years because it also stimulates that pineal gland. That's where the hypocampus area of the brain is. So when we say that it makes you smarter, we're not saying it's giving you knowledge. Yeah. We're saying, for one, that it's going to induce that melatonin that allows you to get into a deeper sleep because the hippocampus area is the one that regulates melatonin. So once you get into that deeper sleep, now you're going to have less anxiety, less stress, less brain fog because you're more refreshed because you got into that beta wave sleep, that deep uh, um, um, non-eye rhythm sleep, or you got into that REM sleep to where it allows you to lucid dream. Like, your brain has to be electrical to lucid dream. Dang, that's heavy. You know what I mean? So when you wake up, you're more refreshed, you have access to your thoughts, and you clear. So, of course, that's going to boost your cognitive performance. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm dropping bars. Nah, you, nah, for sure. And I, 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 I like that um, you don't have to ask you, do you read, or do you study, or do you research, <laughs> right? Like, yo... And I mean, we're now in a space where we can say something because it sounds good. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be backed by anything. Right. It's like it's backed by my own opinion and my own experience. Yeah. And some people can win that way. Yeah. But um, I believe like for people that's going to that next level, there's so the world is so full yeah. of information that we don't have to talk out of our yeah. head. You know what I'm saying? My philosophy of book, when you say something with no regard to whether it's true or false. And you can live like that as well. So I used to say big words I didn't know the meaning to. They were just fillers like cuss words in a conversation. That sounds good. It sounded amazing. I used to just be able to put together a conversation. My mind can't even do it no more. Because one time somebody called me out and it's like, that's bullet. And it made me feel bad. Like, what is actually bullet? Because I thought I was just being smart, having fun with it. You know what I mean? But when I research, I'm like, oh, what is, what is bullet? It's when I say something with no regard to whether it's true or false and it just stuck with me. So I started actually learning, and I filled in those gaps with the actual information. So now when I speak, even if I try to boil it's going to come from my source of information, and it's going to connect the sentence to make sense. Mm. So as long as I do the research, anytime I speak, I don't need to rehearse nothing. It's yeah, in there. For sure, for sure. Look, I, I, I know we got a, a lot going on, and, and time is money. Yes, sir. But um, I, I got one, one last question I, I, in all my interviews with this. I like to make predictions on the podcast. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, where do you see yourself in the next five, 10 years, or not where you see yourself, what do you see yourself accomplishing in the next five, 10 years? Only reason I'm asking it is because I want to watch this five years later and say, yo, I remember January yeah. 2020, he said it. Look, yeah. I, got, I can run back the tape. So yeah. I want to be that guy where like, Barack Obama is president. Yeah. And there was an interviewer that said, yo, what you think you're going to do? He's like, yo, I'm going to be president of the United States. He put that joint together with what he's doing right now. Right. And it's like, yo, I got the footage. So give me the prediction next five, ten years um, so that I can pull this up later and make some money off of it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, five, ten years. Um, and let me, let me try to get as just detailed, I guess, as possible with the idea. I'm going to be running a – my whole family – me and my whole family are going to be working together on multi-million dollar projects. And I've hired my whole family. And by an extension of that, they've hired other families. And we've taught them. Like, I have something that I want to speak about. Yeah. You know what I mean? A project that I'm working on. But we're going to be at the leading frontier of cutting-edge consciousness, health, and business science. You know what I mean? 
and but it's going to be in a form of family business and mastermind. Mm. You know what I mean? And I see myself establishing uh, a big media empire. You understand me? And uh, like I said, I'm working on some things. Yeah, <laughs> you know what sure, I mean? For sure. And I want in. And and <laughs> <laughs> I want in. Like being 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 the ambassador for consciousness in the sense to where I don't do what I do like anybody else. I'm not in the conscious community. I'm in the solution-based community. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I don't want to be working by myself. That's one of my biggest things is that I'm working with, you know what I mean, a conglomeration of powerful people, and I'm on that board, and we run this shit. You know what I mean? And the statistics that you see now, the medium house income of black people, the way we spend our money, the health issues, I'm going to be directly one of those people that say, look at those statistics that we brought down. And look at what we created in place of that. I love it. I love it. Man, um, I appreciate you, man. Yeah. And also, I'm going to own land in Africa and somewhere in Georgia as well. Where are you going to move? You going to move to that? I mean, I mean, I can go back and forth. You know me. I can jump. I want to land like Jumper if I ever see it. Yeah, like, yeah. yo, I never know where he's going to I'm going to tell you this. Look, there was two birds and there was two humans. And the birds were watching the humans and the humans were watching the birds. And the man was like, yo. How do they just there all day and they got wings? I gotta be everywhere. And the birds are looking back like, why them humans just watching us and they got planes? <laughs> <laughs> and I always thought about that. Like, I do not have to make a plane. I just gotta buy a ticket. So for me, it's nothing to travel because we are the easiest place in time ever to travel. It's not hard. I don't have to sell a ship and go across crazy seas mm -hmm. and deal with pirates. I just have to hop on a plane, which is less dangerous than driving a car. So for every perfect segue into the conference, to so those people who are like, like yo, I don't want to get it. The, the conference social proof is too far. It's just a, come on. The bird is like, yo, why don't we just fly? Just yeah, you got planes. So and and yes, nineteen keys will be a speaker at the Real Social Proof Conference. And for those that don't know the Real Social Proof Conference, it is the biggest, most powerful, most practical conference for really any is. small business owner or entrepreneur. Three groups of people. Somebody who wants to start a business, they just don't know how. There are a lot of people that's watching it like, yo, I want to do something. Entrepreneurship is cool. I hate my boss. I'm not being fulfilled. I want to do something. I just don't know what. That group of people will benefit greatly from the conference because we're going to give you some things to get into to make money, okay? The second group is somebody who is an entrepreneur, but they're just getting started. Like, they, they just dropped their book and mm. they're just kind of confused on how to take it to another level. They don't have the experience. And right. They just want to build. So... We're bringing high-performing entrepreneurs to this one space where you can go find and get what you need. We got over 40 workshops going on, and you can pick which workshops mm. specifically pertain to your particular need. And the third group is that entrepreneur who's been grinding for a little bit, you for for a minute. Um, maybe you're full time, mm -hmm. but you're having that you're having a hard time breaking over two hundred thousand dollars a year mm. as an entrepreneur. Like, okay, you made six figures. Okay, you're making sixty thousand. But how do I scale it? So for mm -hmm. people to want to start, grow, and scale their business, therealsocialproof.com, make sure you're there. Yes, 19 Keys will be there. That just sold 100 Tap tickets in. right there. Are you, can I plug your um, event that you do with the networking? The or do you don't want to mix? Please. So I'm going to tell you this. This is, this is um, my testimonial from that. So I went to the event, right, and I networked with all the people that was there. And there was one particularly uh, smart individual that walked up to me and he was like, bro, I want to work with you. And I'm like, yo, what do you do? And he's like, I'm in tech. And I'm saying, what do you do in tech? He's like, I do coding. I do apps and stuff. I'm like, cool. I'm trying to build an app right now. And he said, cool, say no more. Let's put it together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, say the least, we started an app in development. I've sent them over to Skeleton. He sent it back to me what needs to be done. Wow. And the app is being developed, and it's going to be called Key Room. And it's going to be powerful. So, oh, Yo, that's the power of, like, getting good people in the same space, man. So, yeah, definitely want to uh, follow myself, Bree Renee, the homie, my partner. We're building the IG Post Exchange month after month. We get together. And it's really like a shout-out fest. Like, mm -hmm. I just get my phone. I'm like, yo, this 19 Keys. He got the yeah, gold yeah. water, man. Tell him about the gold water. He tells you about the gold water. My followers see it. But people be networking, bro. bro. It's real. I've it's never real. been to an event like Come that on, where the people are actually networking. That's what we Like, do. sometimes it's just like we trying, you know, get a date or something. But they was, like, really hungry. Like, bro, what can I do with this? I'm like... 
What is this y'all on? Yeah, speed? We, that is speed networking event? Now, we didn't even speed networking. We're bringing it to LA, though, for sure. Yo, over the next couple of months, yo, really, it's it, it could possibly go down February or March. We'll bring IG Post Exchange to LA, man, headed by this man right here. So, 19 Keys, I appreciate you, my man, brother. Let everybody you, know yes, how sir. to find you. Um, 19 keys on all platforms. If I don't change your life in 19 days, unfollow me. But that means also you got to go through the content, get my new book, um, Paradigm Keys, and I promise you to change your life. Tap in. Those are the facts, man. Make sure you follow my boy and meet him live and in person at the Real Social Proof Conference. We out here. Peace. Yo, this is your boy, Donald the Boys. Donald the Boys. And that's right. If you're listening, then you know a little bit of my swag, my production. I'm a voiceover artist, podcast producer, and also a little bit of a creative. And I want to offer you a special offer for this podcast listenership. That's right. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you need any kind of commercials, promos, or advertisements, that then I'll be sure to hook you up. With prices starting as low as $50 for a fully produced commercial, I'm willing to give you the best value that you can get anywhere. So once again, head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And I look forward to talking to you. Yeah. <laughs>